was December the 2nd, 1985, and the trots were on at Bankstown. And a very excited 16-year-old had his first drive in a race that night behind a gelding called Sportsman Talk. The youngster came off the second row behind the mobile barrier and navigated his way through a full field to score an easy win. That youngster had to follow a father and an uncle who'd already become legendary figures in the harness racing industry, but he was intent on doing his own thing in his own way. Now, that youngster celebrated his 50th birthday a few days ago, March the 22nd, and he now occupies an exalted position among Australia's top harness horsemen, and he can be justifiably proud of a career which has brought him great success at the highest level. I'm delighted to welcome to the podcast, Darren Hancock. Happy birthday, mate. Yeah, thanks, John. Uh, I feel a bit older, but I'm not too bad. (laughs) You had a big party on Saturday night at a restaurant at Mittagong, about 50 people, and you celebrated into the wee hours. Yeah, we had a big night, and a lot of people I sort of know in the industry and uh, friends of other people, they come from a fair way, and it was really good. We had a great night, actually. You win on Sportsman Talk 34 years ago, Darren, I might add. is very clear in my mind because I happened to drive a horse called Viking Neptune in that race, and I can remember you flashing past me on the home turn. You almost lifted me out of the cart. What a thrill for a 16-year-old. Yeah, John, that was like, yeah, it's your dream come true, really, when you you have your first drive in a race and it happens to win. <laughs> mm. But um, he was a lovely big horse. I remember the horse and um, and clients of ours, Eddie Bitter and George Bitter, owned him, and they're still actually still with us today, you know. I mean, mm. so it's been a long time, and, um, yeah, it was, it was a good thrill, and I, actually you were in the race. You were. That's yeah, right. Yeah, I remember it clearly. When you were growing up in the Illawarra, you were captivated by a different kind of horsepower. Your next-door neighbour was a kid, a little bit older than you, destined to become a two-time Superbike World Champion. His name was Troy Corster. Yeah, that's right, John. I um, We used to come out from school and ride the bikes every afternoon and uh, sort of dodge the horses a bit. There was plenty of horses there, but I sort of, um, me and Troy, we used to get on the bikes after school and away we went and... Uh, we used to get in trouble for making them too much noise. <laughs> <laughs> oh, they are noisy things. Yeah, that's right. Uh, we used to rip up a few paddocks and Dad would be mm. chasing us off there and <laughs> it, was, it was a bit of fun. Did you have any aspirations of going right on in that sport? Oh, not really, John. I, I, I liked riding the bikes, you know. It was a bit of a hobby. And then uh, Troy, actually, he just lived across the creek right next door mm. on the farm there and um, it just happened that way. He was a... He was a little fellow. He was riding the bikes, and um, he ended up a bloody world champion superbike rider. Yeah. yeah. Um, and you know he was on the trail bikes then, so we didn't really um, wasn't the big road bikes and other. We were just having fun, you know. Yeah. You were fourteen before you developed a real interest in the harness horses. Did your dad Richard or Uncle Brian encourage you to get involved, or did they let nature take its course? Yeah, I think they just let nature take its course, John. I mean, I. I, I was always there around the horses and I used to help them a little bit, but I, I wasn't that interested. I, I played a little bit of football and I rode motorbikes. And when you're a kid, you do that sort of thing. I liked, you know, I used to go up in the hills and camp and things like that. But um, mm. I um, I wasn't that interested till about 14. And then I, I had a drive of a horse, um, uh, actually a horse called Del Vecchio, which was a 
he was a brother to um, Double um, uh, what was his name? Double Cruz. Identity or Double, no, Age, Double Agent. Double Agent, that's him. Yeah. That's him. And uh, owner had him, and he's a beautiful horse to drive. So Dad sort of put me on him a couple of times to drive. And mm. I used to sit on the side of the cart. He'd tie a rope on there, and I'd go around the track with him a couple of times, <laughs> you know. Yeah. And you learn, you sort of learn. He'd give you the reins, and you know, away I went. And uh, yeah. once I got, a, I, I had a bit of a, a bit of a thrill for the speed. I, I didn't mind it. <laughs> no, no, no. Well, obviously, you're still going at fifty. <laughs> you're right there. Now, few young people in the game have the benefit of tuition from people like Brian and Richard Hancock. It's well documented that Uncle Brian drove more winners at Harold Park than any other driver. And your dad, Richard, was among the top bracket of race drivers in Sydney for many, many years. He was one of my all-time favourites, Darren. He, he ticked every box as a race driver. Yeah, very, very, they say, very patient and uh, good with any horse, you know. And Brian had a great team of horses. And, you know, I used to go to Harold Parker's, well, when I was old enough, I used to get kicked out of the birdcage. You know, you had to be 14 or 15. Mm. And I was just starting to get a bit interested, and every time I went there, they kicked me out. So I was getting <laughs> it was <laughs> the security. Dad had a few blues with the security guards. They kept throwing me out, you know. And I was just starting to get keen on the game. <laughs> yeah, yeah, bad timing. Yeah, bad timing. But I mean, they were great to watch, you know. I mean, Brian was a great driver, and, and Dad was a great driver, and uh, I sort of uh, yeah, you, you just learn so much off them, you know. Yeah, I've always had the feeling though that you've never worried too much about family tradition. You've always just done your own thing, haven't you? Yeah, I probably have. I probably have. I, I um, yeah, I, I think I, you know, you, you sort of go with the times a bit, and um, I think that's what makes it, you know, so interesting the sport. You know, I, I, things change. Um, tracks are getting better, and everything's a bit different, isn't it? And uh, mm. yeah, I just do my own thing. I mean, um, Dad's always here on the farm. He gives me, still gives me a hand. He's eighty-two or something. Still mm. helps. Yeah. Um, Brian, Brian's always there. He's got his farm down there, and I, I, I actually he works a couple up for me now and then, and mm. and I still see him all the time. You know, it's, it's yeah. amazing. We sort of still still poke along. You know, your first Harold Park win as a driver took a little while to come around. It happened on the tenth of November, nineteen eighty-seven, and it was a little mare called Looming. Was she trained by Dawn Seeley? Yeah, that's right. Uh, she was a friend of Dad's that lived down on the coast there, and um, she trained a couple of horses for an owner of mine. Um, yeah, it was Peter. Um, oh, Peter from Murray Tractors. He had the tractor place at Robertson, and um, Peter owned a few horses. And that was actually she was the first Koala King ever put born. Good heavens! Yeah, first mm. Koala King, and she won a lead in at the Royals to Show. She was mm. a pretty mare, pretty really little pretty mare. mare. Yeah, yeah, real nice mare. And she ended up winning a few races, and uh, that was my first winner, actually, yeah, Harold mm. Park. One of your all-time favourites was an old horse called Red Chip, and this is a good story. He was a seven-year-old, and he'd had more than 100 starts when he came to you from the bush. You won another eight at Harold Park with him and the Wagga Cup, and you actually qualified him for the 1993 Inter-Dominion. He made the grand final. That was the one Jack Morris won. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, he just a lovely old horse, and that was when I was just a kid too. So it was it was good to get a horse, and um, he went through, and we won a heap at Harold Park, and then he he ended up making the final in in Dominion, you know. And um, mm. he was a lovely horse, and uh, that sort of started me off, and then I, I sort of the horses started coming. Then <laughs> we got better ones. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> exactly. Well, one of them. Rolling on. What about Sovereign Hill? You've always talked very admiringly of this horse. You got him from another stable. 
and won 17 races with him, many of them at Harold Park. He won the Australian Pacing Championship Group 1 at Newcastle, beating Uncle Brian on Quantum Lobel. He ran third in the New Zealand Cup. You travelled him a bit. He ran in two Hunter Cups for a second and a third, and I think he finished right on their wheel in a Miracle Mile one night. Yeah, he did, actually. He did. He, he finished fourth, I think, in the Miracle Mile. Mm. He was sort of the horse that sort of um, got me on the grand circuit sort of thing. You know, um, yeah. you, you learned a lot. You travelled a lot. It was good, you know, and he sort of uh, took me everywhere. You know, that was a, that was a great part about it. Mm. And um, he sort of raced in a few Dominions and uh, Miracle Miles, and it was really good. And he, mm. he was just sort of a – he's probably a – Kicking the teeth from being a top horse, you know what I mean? He, yeah. He, he runs seconds and thirds in the Hunter Cups, and uh, he did win a Group One, a couple of Group Ones, and which was yeah. great. You know, that started that started. Uh, you know, it was it was really good for me. Yeah. He he was very quick, wasn't he? Had a good turn of speed. Yeah, and a very great good stayer, John. Mm. The further they went, and like the New Zealand Cup, uh, the Hunter Cup, he was always there at the end. You know. Mm. Mm. Now, what about this horse, Kaima Kid? He was foaled in 1991. He had 21 starts before you got him, and he'd, he'd won 12 races before you got him. Now, yeah, Darren, speculation is rife that w- when you were originally asked to train him, you said, no, thanks. <laughs> is that true? Yeah, that's true. That's true. I, 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 didn't know, I didn't know the horse. I, I was, I'll, I'll tell you that now, John. I, I went to uh, Young one night, and I won – I had Rifleman. He won the four-year-old of the cup there, mm. and that horse there was a three or four-year-old. He he won the other race, and he won by probably the length of the straight, they said. Mm. But I didn't watch the race. I was too busy doing my own horse, you know? Mm. Mm. And David Urell from out the bush, he had him, very good horseman, and um, he just rang me one day, and that's when I, in the 90s, I had a I had a really good team of horses, you know, and I was going to Harold Park and win the premierships, and it was really good. And um, I just had a heap in that grade of horse you know and i, I mm. he sort of um got on the phone he said oh you mind taking that horse and he sort of i, I sort of we both i talked myself out of it i said oh you know yeah. i've got a lot of m1s or where the class was then i said yeah you know it's going to be hard to place him and all this and then i got off the phone and then i just um i kept going along and i, I was telling dad i'd walk out and dad and um i said you heard of a horse called kai mckid and he goes Oh yeah, he's a pretty good horse. I mean, he's a good horse. Yeah. <laughs> so I went back and rang David up, and I got his wife on the phone. She says, "Oh, that's great. David's on the track, but he he'd love to send the horse to you." And that's what happened. He sent him to me, and um, mm. he was a bloody really fast horse. He was a good horse. Um, mm. he uh, well, he, he beat Courage Under Fire in the Indominian Heat. First time Courage Under Fire ever got beat. Mm. He he won the um, I think he won the Australian Pacing Championship too, um, in Brisbane. Yeah. But he 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 was a very fast horse. Mm. Well, the uh, night he beat Courage Under Fire was one of the most uh, unexpected uh, and exciting moments in, in Australian harness racing history. I think Courage was shooting for 23 or 24 straight and yep. along comes Kaima Kid and grabs him on the line. That was the night uh, the race caller Danny Malecki described it as the earth must be ending or an yeah. expression similar to that. Yeah, it was. They, they still replay it now, man. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, oh, it was, it was, did you get a shock? What a what a yeah, shock! Yeah, well, I was only oh, look. I was a heat of the Indominion. I was driving for luck. I was mm. three or four back the fence, <laughs> and mm. we turned for home. And Courage went to the front, and then I, I just got out in the straight, and he absolutely flew. But which he could do, he could really 
he could really wheel off a quarter, you know, and um, mm. he went straight by, you know, and, and, and it was fantastic, you know, and then he got in the final. That, that was the million-dollar end of Indian back then. Yeah, yeah. So, Shaker Maker yeah. won the won the grand yeah. final. You yeah, were out I, of a place. Did you have your I chance? Had, yeah, no, I had two in the final. I had added again and him. Yep. And I run fifth or sixth without it again, and Dad drove Colin McKid, and he right. ended up back on the fence and got sort of held up a little bit. Right. Maybe should have yeah. finished a little closer then. A little closer, a little closer, but he would, was, yeah. wasn't going to win, but it was a good race, you know. I'll never forget that race. Shaker Maker uh, was never better than he was that night. He, he came from a fair way back, yeah. had one yeah. go at him, and exactly. gosh, he finished, didn't he, sprint Shaker Maker. Oh. Well, he followed me oh, at it again. I went around and um, mm. actually I turned for home. I nearly levelled up with him and then he, he just come off our back and went whoosh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, and he, he was only a four-year-old, only yeah. a four-year-old. He yeah. was dominant that night, shaker maker. Yeah, good juvenile, very good juvenile, just a really good racehorse, you know. Darren, stand by there. We're going to pause and uh, for a commitment on the podcast back after this. It's good times all round at Harness Racing across New South Wales as the state's finest horses and drivers go wheel to wheel. With something for everyone, a trip to the trots is the perfect place to take family and friends. It's easy, affordable and action-packed, so get down to your local track and experience it firsthand. Get all the info at harnessmediacentre.com.au and we'll see you at the track for good times all round. Special guest is Darren Hancock, champion trainer driver who celebrated his 50th birthday on the 22nd of March. Now, Darren, let's profile your all-time favourite, the tough, durable, classy stayer with the beautiful temperament, Joe Fess. You got him from Bruce Harpley's stables at Junee. He'd already won about 14 races. He was a four-year-old when he arrived at your place you finished up winning 28 races with him. He just got better every preparation. Yeah, just a just a, a beautiful horse. Um, he come to me as a late three-year-old, and um, there was a few good three-year-olds around, Smooth Satin and uh, Ocean Spirit. There was some good ones around. And, um, yeah, he just he just got better with age and um, just a great stayer, you know, good, true racehorse. Never, sort of horse, never had a problem. Easy to train. You know, he's maintenance-free. He was just a good horse. Your first major win with Joe Fess was the Victoria Cup of 2002. He led, he beat a really good field, safe and sound. Courage Under Fire was in the race, Yule Star, tailor-made Lombo, and uh, he, he very hard to beat when he led, wasn't he? Yeah, exactly, Johnny. He, he won like most of his race he won when he found the front. They sort of let him go, most of them too, you know, because they knew he, he was a good horse to follow because he just kept trucking. They wouldn't... You know, you wouldn't get off his back too early because he he run really fast quarters and um, mm. he just maintained them all the time. You know, and and like 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 smooth satin sat on a heap of times and just couldn't get him. He just he used mm. to blow him, blow the wind off him. You know, he was he was just a yeah. good, just a genuine big horse, a lovely big horse. He was big, but he was a he he was good on his feet. You know, he's a beautiful horse. Yeah, won a Newcastle Mile, went one fifty five yep. something that night. Then he yep. ran third in the Miracle Mile to Double Identity and Smooth Satin. Every hope yeah. that night? Well, yeah, John. I, well, uh, Silster Sam led, and I thought he would have handed over the lead to me. Mm. And I moved up outside, and I ended up caught in the death. And he got beat a neck by a head. He, if he found the front, though, he would have won that night, you know. But that's mm. just the way racing is. But yeah. he, he done a great job. He raced in that. And um, 
he won the Ballarat Cup. You know, he just run them off their legs there. He, he was he was just a good old horse, and you could just travel him anywhere. You know, he'd eat, he'd eat, he'd, he'd talk to you. You know, he's a beautiful horse. Mm. Well, you got him to Perth early for the Inter-Dominion. He had a couple of runs before the Inter-Dom, didn't he? Yeah, we got him over early, um, and it was it was probably the best thing that ever happened because of the weather and that, and we stayed at a nice little place here, um, and we just uh, got him there early, and he had a couple of them, you know, them other cup racer on, and he, he run a, he run a, I don't know, a fourth or a third. Yeah. Went nice, you know, getting him fit, really. It was just because he come off a spell, he's just getting fit. Yeah. And then by the time the Indominion come around, he was just them free runs in the week. He just he thrived on it. Oh yeah, wouldn't he? <laughs> he loved it. He yeah. loved it. He ran a track record there. He beat Norm's daughter's track record in the heat. Um, he led that night and just run them off their legs. And then um, the second heat, I actually I got knocked down around the first mm. corner. Mm. Um, a horse come out wide and come straight across, and old Joe sort of he he's never put a foot wrong in his life, and he mm. he sort of short stepped and jumped out because he thought he was going to get hit. Mm. And he jumped out, and uh, I had to run fifth that night. So mm. he's dropped out the back, and I weave me. I just got a bit of luck, weave me way through the runners, and mm. I got fifth right on the line, mm. and that got him in the final. Otherwise, he was out. Mm. Gee whiz! He yep. drew barrier one in the final, and yep. you held the lead by the skin <laughs> of your teeth. And Darren, I think it's fair to say if he doesn't lead, he doesn't win. Exactly, Johnny. He. he he wasn't as good from behind. He, he loved to lead or up there, and um, unless they went hard, he, he was he, he was out of play if they sprinted. You know, he was more of a staying sort of horse. But mm. um, yeah, I drew one, and it was um, I think Anthony Butt was outside me on um, a little New Zealand horse anyway. But he 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 sort of fanned. We went out of the gate good. He could hold his own, Jeff. He could mm. he could hold him out. But that track over there is a bit tight, so the corner comes up quick, mm. and he. Uh, Anthony Butt sort of got probably three quarters of length on me, and yeah. he sort of kept the others out wide, so was they couldn't get across. Was it Mister DG? He that's drove. him. That's yeah. him. And he sort of fanned the others out, so he was three quarters of a length, so they couldn't get across him, mm. and that just saved my neck because I just got up inside him when the corner came up. Yeah. So if it wasn't for him, I would have been in trouble. Mm. <laughs> well, you beat the Falcon Strike by a nose. Sokiola was a head away third. Mr. GG, Mr. DG rather, was only a neck further back fourth. And you had one trained and driven the winner of an Inter Dominion grand final, thanks to good old Barrier One. Yeah, exactly. The draw is very important in race, John. <laughs> mm. It is, it's very important. But um, yeah, once you let around there, and I mean, the Falcon Strike was a great horse. You know, he, he was tough, he'd sit outside you all day too. So. Mm. I sort of um, turned him for home. I, I had a length on him, but he just keeps coming. And I knew old Joe, he, he nods off a bit when they get mm. down the line. <laughs> so he, <laughs> he was getting tired. He was getting tired and he, he just kept plugging the big head on him. But he um, yeah. he just hung on. It was a good finish. They so were head, head to nose, they had nose or head or something. Oh, I'm yeah. And, but nobody yeah. was certain of the result no, either. No. It was awfully close. I didn't close. either. Yeah, you I didn't went know? for a lap before I seen the number. Did you really? I went for a lap. Yeah, I went right around. I weren't going to say nothing. <laughs> mm. <laughs> He no, won another was... six after that, Darren. Uh, you retired him in September 2005. Now, as you said, he was a very big horse. He was about a 16-hander. He yep. was in a big hobble when he came to you, but yep. is it true that later on you let him out even further? And is it true that he finished up in a 63 or 64-inch hobble? That's unbelievable. Yeah, he would, yeah, would have been about 63, I'd say, yeah, mm. and uh, – I used to put hobble shorteners in. Well, I don't use them much now on an angle, but I used to put hobble shorteners in just out of the gate, just to get him. He used to find a little bit of speed out of the gate with them. But without that, he'd sort of flounder a little bit, you know. 
apart from the good horses you've trained and driven, you've driven some super horses on a freelance basis. And I'm just looking down the list as we speak. You won a truer memorial on protest driving Franco Tiger. Yeah, yeah, good good horse. Uh, you know, he was, a, he was a great little horse from Ken Tippett. Um, Glenn Tippett had him uh, in Melbourne and, you know, he was just a good horse, you know, and um, I bloody, uh, that night at Bankstown, he got a uh, master musician. Yeah. Um, I, I turned for home and master musician was on the fence and he used to always get out master musician up the straight. Mm. And Franco Tiger had a good trip and he come at him quick and he sort of dragged me from the fence out of the outside fence and I got beat ahead. Mm. And they went through, it took, it took 12 months to get the decision actually. Yes, I know. Very yeah. controversial, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. It was. And um, he deserved that win probably because he, he, he did get dragged out a long way. You won a race at Mooney Valley on an Inter-Dominion winner called Young Mr Charles. Frank Scaravilli owned him. Yeah, yeah. I had a few drives of uh, Frank's horse. Um, he was a great horse. Like he won, a, won an Inter-Dominion. You know, he was, a, he was a good horse, good speed horse. Um, I was just sort of, yeah, I got a few drives of him. Yeah, lovely horse, lovely horse. You got to drive a very good New Zealander called Il Vicolo on one occasion only. I think you drove him in a truer memorial. Yeah, that's right. Uh, Mark Purden's horse. He was, he was a good horse too. Um, yeah, uh, yeah, I got the drive of him in the truer. Yep. What he happened there? He had every chance and just didn't run on. Uh, he mm. had a good trip and just didn't run on. You won a race in 1991 on a remarkable old New Zealander called Christopher Vance, who had also won a Miracle Mile. Yeah, I, um, Ray Wisby was training him at the time. He, 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 they left him over here and Ray Wisby trained him and um, – Mm. He asked me to drive him a couple of times, and I think we come off 30 metres on one, actually. Standard yeah, start. that's right. But what a great old horse, you know. Mm. I mean, he was he was getting past it then. He was just on the way up, but he's just a great old horse to do what he does, you know. Beautiful horse. Uncle Brian put you on Bundanoon a few times. You won two races on him out of yeah. town, one of them at Canberra, one of them at Nowra. Yeah, Canberra Cup and the Nowra Cup, I think. Yeah, the um, great horse, great tough horse. Always had bad feet, always had quarter cracks. Um, but just a, he, he got beat a nose in the Miracle Mile, <laughs> mm. and he ran I think third in the Indominion, didn't he? Third or yes. yeah, he was a he was just a good tough horse, you know, beautiful horse. I was only a kid too, you know, so he took me around. <laughs> Absolutely, Monkey King was another one. What a great New Zealand horse! I think you had one win behind Monkey King. Yeah, I, I drove him for in the um in the Derby Derby here in Sydney, and I um I think I won the heat. Mm. And then he, he got beat by, I think, Devicey in the final. Yep. Um, but, he, yeah, lovely horse. Just got little fella, you know, you, if you, you wouldn't pick him out of the paddock, mm. but he was a good gator little horse. And, um, yeah, he ended up going on and winning the what, New Zealand Cups and bloody everything, Miracle Mile. Yeah. Good horse, good horse. Harry he Martin, with me here. Harry was kind enough to give you a drive on double identity one night at Albion Park. Yeah, yeah, that's right. I um, Yeah, well, that, well, JFS and him used to clash a lot, you know, and um, – Double Identity was up there, and uh, yeah, they asked me to go and drive him. It was, I, don't, I can't remember what the race was, but um, mm. yeah, had a driving, yeah, lovely horse, great yeah. horse, actually. I think it was the Queensland Pacing Championship, Darren. Oh, they, yeah, right, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. no, he was, he, Harry asked me to drive him, the owners, and um, mm. yeah, no, it was a pleasure to drive him. He was, he was a great horse, too, you know. Didn't you he win a race play. on Smolder one night for Mark Purden, too? Yeah, I just drove him when he was here in Sydney, there, um, 
yeah, probably wasn't that long ago. And, um, yeah, he, well, there's another good horse, yeah, lovely big horse. And um, he led around there and, uh, yeah, well, he won the Indian too, didn't he? So, oh, he did. Yeah, yeah, no, they're good horses. Any of them good horses to drive, they're just a different ball game. <laughs> now, you got hold of a mare, I think, from South Australia by the name of Jammin. She won 37 races all up. You won 14 with her. What a tough, good mare she was and uh, won a lot of races at Harold Park. She was a bit of a hothead, wasn't she, Darren? Yeah, she was. Um, she she come from Adelaide. Uh, Peter Manning had her for a while. Then they sent her up here. And um, But, gee, she had some ability, John. I probably, she's probably one of the best mares I've, I've sort of had anything to do with, really. She was a good mare. She could she could race. like She beat Joe Fess in the Golden Mile. She... She was a good mare. Um, had a, had a few little issues. She was a cranky little bugger. Mm. She, she'd kick out and, and be a bugger, but you just had to live with that. But um, she sort of raced the good horses. You know, she could match it with the good, the good, you know, the Group One horses. You know, she, yeah. when she was right, she was very good. Um, but yeah, a real fast little mare. Um, didn't really breed on much. Um, I had a couple. I had the first foal out of her. Mm. Um, oh, I won a couple of races, but they, she was such a good mare. But they didn't. She didn't fray much. You know. Mm. You've been a devoted fan of the new Menangle track since it opened in 2008. When other drivers had their reservations for a while, you were adamant that the 1,400-metre track was the way of the future. In fact, when they closed Menangle down for a while for some major restoration work a few years ago, you didn't race anywhere for many weeks. <laughs> yeah, I, look, I um, yeah, I, I just think that, We've got to have them tracks, you know, John. I, I think any any anything under a thousand meters is too small now for our racing and our horses. Mm. Um, it's just a lot safer, a lot better on the horses. Um, like really, you know, I I just love the thousand and the bigger tracks, you know. I think um, and like they should be all like that now, you know, this day and age they should be because mm. our, our horses are getting faster and and it's better on the horses, better on the track, you know, mm. safer. Just looking at some of the nice Menangle horses you've had in more recent times, one of your favourites was the Super Trotter on Thunder Road, who started his life as a pacer. He won at the pace, in fact, but he always looked like he was just dying to trot. Yeah, John, I, I, I think I give him five or six starts as a pacer. Mm. He, he actually he won a race. He, he went all right. He, ran, he started favourite every start. He's a, he was the better's delight to have a good mare. Mm. Um, and he... he could pace, you know. If I kept him pacer, he would have won a few races. But I, he really, one day there, I worked him at home. I used to not put the hobbles on him. Sometimes I just go down and let him free leg around without putting the hobbles on him. Mm. And he just wanted to trot. <laughs> yeah. And I worked him with a couple other horses there, and I couldn't get him out of a trot. Like mm. he just wanted to trot around my track, and I said, "Geez, this horse can trot." Mm. So I, I was talking to the owners. They're from New Zealand. They're friends of mine, and um, I said, I said, "We're gonna, I'm gonna trot this horse," and he sort of laughed. <laughs> he laughed yeah. at me, <laughs> and I said, "I'm telling you, you can trot." So away he went, and I, I mean, yeah, real good trotter, Johnny. He, he probably the, he was one of the best trotters in in Australia at the time. Like he, he'd been winning everything, and uh, mm. I don't know, he won thirty something races, at sixty starts or something. Trotting, yeah, yeah, yeah. Won thirty three races yeah. all up. He won about four hundred thousand. He won a Group One trot at Melton, yep. the Grand Prix. Yep. Yeah, good horse, like good tough horse. Um, he won all them two mile races up here in Sydney. Like when they had them, he just outstayed mm. them. He's a bloody good trotter. Mm. And then he um he went to the states. We sold him to the America. So he's mm. over there racing now. 
You've got a couple of trotters in the place right at the moment that you're pretty sweet on. One of them is another converted pacer called Drop the Hammer, who has already won nine from 28. And coincidentally, he is by the same sire as on Thunder Road, the great stallion better's delight, universally recognised as a sire of champion paces. But he can get a trotter like this. He can, John. I, I mean, I've been lucky enough to have two nice ones, good ones, and um, there's a couple others going around. They, they really trot. They, he just gets them. Um, mm. So I don't know where the breeding comes from or what, but he has got a lot of trotters like that. And, mm. um, gee, they're nice horses, you know. Drop the hammer. I really think he's the next real nice horse coming through. Mm. Um, he won the other night in 54 at Menangle, beating the old horses. So yeah. he's only a four-year-old. I mean, I really like him. I think if he stays right, he's going to be probably, you know, he's up there with Thunder Road, maybe better, quicker. Mm. Gee, that's good. Now, you've yeah. got a four-year-old trotting mare you like a lot called Monaro Mia. She ran second to drop the hammer in that race at Menangle in 154 and a bit. Yeah, another nice little mare. We um we purchased her from New Zealand and um she ran second in the jewels over there and, and she raced in the Oaks, one on Oaks, and then uh, one of the owners brought her over and then we went to Brisbane for that uh, $40,000 trot final, heat and final race and she ended up winning that up there. Yeah. And then we brought her back down here, and she's one of four or five. She's a really nice little mare. She's um, and she raced really good, good the other night, and uh, dropped the hammer beauty. So you know, it tells yeah. you she's she's got a bit of talent. Van Sumik was a nice mare you got from Victoria. You won a Group One Ladyship Mile with her. Yeah, lovely mare. I, I she come from Victoria. Um, a guy rang me, he asked me to take her, and I, I took her, and I, I didn't know much about her. Um. Mm. She won a couple of races in Tarang somewhere, and she ended up going right through. Yeah, won the won the ladyship mile, beat the mm. good mare and Mark Perkins never uh, hadn't been beaten. Mm. Um, yeah, lovely mare, just done a great job. She won a couple of good mares races, and uh, she's uh, she's she's got a nice colt yearling by um, Captain Treacherous now. Just got broken in. Eight or nine years ago, you took everyone by surprise when you up and off. You took five horses to the United States and campaigned them there for about six months. You took your wife, Benita, and two young sons at the time. There's another one now. Uh, you rented accommodation for yourself and the horses in the wonderful state of Indiana. Why did yeah. you do that? Why did you do that? <laughs> a lot of people ask me that. Yeah. Um, look, I... I I was a little bit stale on the game, you know. I'd, I'd done everything I sort of wanted to, and I, I got to that stage. I thought, oh, I've always wanted to go over there. And I've, I'd been over there before. Mm. I, I've been on trips over there, and I, I went to the jug and all that, and I, I just loved the way they do things. And um, I just thought it'd be a great experience, especially for the kids and that. They were only young. Mm. Um, so we landed over there, and, and Leon Jude, he actually come with me. We took, we took five or six horses, mm. and um, they weren't great horses, John. They were just – mediocre horses they weren't nothing special um so we went there indiana looked a really good track it's a bit like menangle it's mm. a bit like menangle and a great setup big big casino and uh yeah it's really good and and we thought we'll go there it might be a little bit easy and go into new york where the you know the meadowlands and that our horses wouldn't be up to them you know yeah and um the prize money is pretty good so mm. yeah uh, we settled in pretty good the first couple of races and trials it was it was it was very hectic <laughs> very mm. hectic um it was very good, and uh, we end up we won one or two races there, and a lot of placings. 
And then we sort of thought, oh, well, we might move to a different track because it's a bit hardy. You know, these horses are going too quick, you know. Just before you move on to the other yep. track, Darren, yep. the, the big track you're talking about is called Hoosier Park. Uh, yep. It's in Indianapolis. And as yep. you said, it incorporates a very famous casino. Uh, but it is a one-mile track. They go helter-skelter all the way. And those old Aussie horses were gasping for air their f- first two yep. or three runs there, were they? Yeah, exactly, John. And the way their handicapping is done, like my horses, when we took them over there, a couple of them had they'd been winning here, mm. so they had a lot of prize money on their board. Yeah. So over there, every five starts, that prize money comes off their card. That's how it works. Mm. So when I got over there with a couple of them, my tr- couple of trotters had to go in the free for all trotters, and they they were trotting fifty two and fifty three. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. These trotters haven't seen enough times like that. You know, no, I mean, it's no. a great track and that different racing, but. They just were gasping. They couldn't keep up. And I, and it just took a couple of runs to get them back down to where they belong. Yeah. And and that's what happened. They was just too tough there. And, well, one trotter there I took to windsurfer. He was a nice horse. And he ended up running a couple of plays. And then he won. He ended up winning. Mm. And that was great. You know, he won a race. And then, um, yeah, it, just, it was just tough on them, you know. Yeah. But they, they ended up paying their way. You know, they paid their way. It was tough. And, yep. But it was, it was just a great experience, you know. Everything mm. was, uh, yeah, we stayed at a little farm and you know, we got to meet a lot of people, you know. And um, I could go back there tomorrow, you know, you just fit in, you know, it'd be great. Yeah. Well, you made another snap decision. You felt the horses would do better on a half-mile track where the pace isn't as hot. So you shipped your little operation to Saratoga in upstate New York. And that turned out to be a master stroke because you won 16 races on the half-mile track in a short space of time. Yeah, no, that's that, that was the right move. Um, it was just like our, like our half-mile tracks, but they were good half-mile tracks. You know, they were banked up and they still run quick, you know, but mm. John, the horses handled it better. They were, it was probably a bit lower class of horse there. Mm. The money weren't quite as much, but you win the money, you know what I mean? They could, yep. they could do something. My horse could do something then, you know? And mm. and I think the first day we raced here, I think I won three. You know, we went bang, bang, bang. So yeah. we opened up pretty good. It looked good. <laughs> it mm. looked good. Now, Darren, the trotting track at Saratoga is right alongside the galloping track and the Saratoga Thoroughbred Centre is one of America's most high-profile racetracks. Oh, yeah, yeah, beautiful setup. Um, They're right next door to the trotting track and um, – yeah, the big stables are there, and they race there, I think, 30 or 40 days mm. of the year straight. Yeah. So it's amazing. When we went to the thoroughbreds, it was great. It was just next door, and people come from everywhere. The town just fills up with people, you know. It was, mm. it was fantastic. Well, you'd know. You would have watched the race, seen them there. Mm. But, um, yeah, it was, it was amazing, amazing place. Well, when it was time to come home, you sold all of the horses over there, headed back to Australia, refreshed and rejuvenated with absolutely no regrets. No, that's right, John. I come home and started back up again. <laughs> mm. Oh, well, we got the property here. It was good. Mum and Dad stayed home here. And actually, Dad came over for a while, which yep. was good. And he um, he had a good time. And then we, I just come back and, uh, yeah, just started up again. Away we went. It was really good. And uh, just done a little bit different, you know. Um, had a few shares of my own in horses. And, um, yeah, a bit different, you know. I... I, mm. I I worked out, you know, it's, it's an easy way, you know, we can sort of make money out of these things and we did it a bit different, you know, which yeah. is great. So you came home in the black, just? Yeah, yeah. I had a six-month holiday and I reckon we come home and, yeah, didn't cost us a cent. So mm. it's a pretty good holiday, really. I mentioned earlier that when you went to the United States, you had two sons. Now you've got three. 
and they are Brandon, who's 17, Corey is 14, and Kai is 7. And Corey, you tell me, is just starting to get interested in the horses. Yeah, it's funny. Johnny's um, well, he's 14, the same age as what I was when I sort of looked at him. And uh, mm. he, um, I sent him – actually, I sent him up with Uncle Brian took that little mare to Brisbane, the trotting mare. Um, mm. And so Corey went – he had a couple of days off school and he went too, so it was good for him. Mm. And he got a bit keen, you know, he got a bit keen. And, yeah, he gets out of bed uh, a couple of days a week and hobbles fast first one with me. So yeah. it's really good. He's getting a bit keen on it. So – yeah, so we'll see what happens. He might he might take it up. He, he drove the mini trotter. He had a mini trotter. Yeah. And, um, yeah, he had a bit of fun there, but he's, he's got into the big horses now, so mm. he, he likes getting out of bed and he'll, he'll get up and work one, so it's good. Yeah, does he look a natural to you? Yeah, he actually does. He sits in the car good, actually. And, mm. and even um, Brandon's the oldest one, and he's not that interested in them, and um, he's an electrician by trade now. He's going good, and... He um, I've, he's drove a couple, and he just could just jump in the cart and drive one. It was mm. amazing. Yeah, amazing. And never, never knew much about horses, or mm. but you just, you just see, you just sat in the cart. He's yeah. a tall kid, but you just sat in the cart, good and drove them. You know. Yeah, it's in the genes, my boy. In the genes. Well, it must be. It must be. You know, something <laughs> yeah. there. Well, your principal owner is Glenn Holland, who loves his horses and he loves the game. He's a very successful businessman servicing Australian retailers with plumbing and bathroom supplies on a very large scale. Glenn's horses are his diversion from work pressures and he absolutely loves them. In fact, you tell me he flew in from a business trip the other day from Germany and he rushed straight to the airport or from the airport straight to Menangle Trots. Yeah, no, John, he's, um, yeah, he's a good mate of mine and he's, uh, he's really keen on the game and He's, he's he's purchasing a lot of horses, you know, we go to sales and, um, yeah, it's good to see him get something that will go all right, you know, and um, and he's he's on the same page, you know, you just, we can talk and there's no problem, you know, if, if we'll sell that one, get rid of this one, I treat it as my own and he treats them the same, you know, and it, it's a terrific sort of relationship we've got, you know, it's, it's easy, uh, no pressure, I mean, he's, he's terrific and, like, he owns that trotter drop the hammer and the little mare and they quinella the up at night. It was, it was mm. good for him, you know. But he's he's a sort of guy that, you know, if it goes well, you know, he, he picks them out himself too. He's a good judge. Yeah. Good good judge of a horse. He's not not just a you know, he knows what he's looking at. So yeah. it works out good and we, we have our discussions and <laughs> he he stirs me up. He's put his own colours on him now. He's got the blue blue colours. Yeah. And uh, you'll see a lot go around now with the blue with the big gold line. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, I've seen the colours. They stand yeah, out. Yeah, 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 they stand out. So he said, oh, we're going to have a bit of – we're going to change a bit of luck now, he said. So he wanted to do that. So I just let him go. <laughs> yeah. Who cares what colours they carry yeah, if they no, win? but I still keep mine. I, I have them on my own couple. <laughs> yeah, of course. But I'm not getting rid of them all yet. <laughs> no, no. But Darren, uh, terrific. We've got a good good relationship with him and, um, you know, hopefully everything goes really good with him and uh, – Mm. He's he's got the right you know attitude with it all and it, it's good. I hope he ends up with some nice horses, you know. Yeah, I hope so too. He's what you call a model owner. Yes, he is actually. Yeah, I've had a lot of owners and um, yeah, he's one of the, one of the good ones. You like to keep the team around the twelve or fourteen mark because that way you can give them your full attention. Yeah, John. I, I sort of like, we used to work a few more when we were pretty busy, you know, and uh, like you got to have a lot of staff and it's it's sort of. I'm in a situation now, I just like, you know, 10 or 12 horses and then I've got 
I've like I've got a few guys like Stevie Harris out the bush. He'll break a couple in for me, or mm. Uncle Brian's there. He's got a place down there. I can spell him, or he can jog a couple up for me. It's it's really good. It's good. Yeah. Good the way we are at the moment. You know, it's really good, and I can um, mm. and it's a nice little team. You know, and Dad Dad and that he's still here, and he's still bloody going, helps me, and yeah, he's up and going. And I mean, it's amazing, amazing. It just keeps him going, and uh, yeah. Well, how lucky horse. are you? Fancy oh. having a bloke like Richard <laughs> Hancock from whom to gain a second opinion? Who, oh, yeah. who better? Uh, exactly, exactly. And he's, and he's, you know, he's with the times. You know, that's the thing. You know, he'll, he'll see me driving. He'll like it when you break it in. He'll go, oh, I don't like that one. He'll just tell you straight. Yeah, yeah. And he's a good <laughs> judge. Oh, yeah. Oh, he's, he's nearly right <laughs> most of the time. Yeah. <laughs> you, you try and prove you wrong sometimes, but he goes, oh, I don't like that one. I love the way that goes, you know. <laughs> yeah, <good laughs> I come off the track and I go, oh, well, what do you want me to do with it? <laughs> good on but, him. But we get on good. Yeah, we get on good. He's been good to me. And, um, yeah, you know, we've we've uh, done them all our life together, so it's been good. Sounds like you've got life by the scruff of the neck at the moment and uh, you are totally convinced that you wouldn't have had this much fun riding motorbikes. <laughs> I reckon, yeah, you're right there, John. <laughs> well, the motorbikes would have been all right, but it might have been a bit more dangerous. <laughs> <laughs> Happy 50th birthday, young Darren Hancock. Congratulations on all you've achieved, and uh, I have no doubt your best years are ahead of you. Yeah, thanks, John. I appreciate it. That's no, really good. Lovely to have you on the podcast. Thank you. And this podcast was produced by Supernova Sound. It's good times all round at Harness Racing across New South Wales as the state's finest horses and drivers go wheel to wheel. With something for everyone, a trip to the trots is the perfect place to take family and friends. It's easy, affordable and action-packed, so get down to your local track and experience it firsthand. Get all the info at harnessmediacentre.com.au and we'll see you at the track for good times all round.